Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of Talking Gays. I'm Jose in New York. She's Janine L.A. And with us is a guest that everyone seems to have attached to because she's that awesome, Allie in North Carolina. How are you doing today, Allie? Hi, how's everyone? Thanks for having me. We're glad, we're glad you're back. Jeanette, how are you doing today? Uh, man, uh, I can't complain, uh, though if you give me probably a couple seconds, maybe I can find something to complain about. I know, I know that you're preparing for the holidays. Anything you're looking forward to? Not working. <laughs> That's it. Just like not having to work for a couple of days. That'll be good. Um, they they gave us a really weird off schedule. We're gonna be off uh, Thursday and Friday. So I got like four day weekend. So thank you, baby Jesus. Ooh. You you get the same thing for New Year's week as well. Yeah. All right. So four days. All right. So that means if you can catch a flight on Wednesday all the way to either Miami to Pasar Noche Buena with, with John and his bunch. You can eat panita and a whole bunch of stuff. Or you can catch a flight to New York and be with your other brothers here in Long Island. But that's up to you. Mm, no, that sounds like work. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, Ali. Ali, do you, what, what are your, do you guys do anything for the 24th over there in your family? Or you guys usually do it later on? No, we don't like, uh, yeah, Christmas we don't Eve. like seeing anybody. We hate family. We just like staying where we are. If people want to come see us, they have to come see us. I hate traveling with any kid or pet. No, um, but no, Santa just comes. He, we don't have a chimney. So we've convinced him that he just breaks into our house. So you convince the kids he just breaks in and leaves presents and then he just helps himself so out. the so the one year the alarm actually blows off blares off your kids will think it's christmas right. yeah, and it's Santa. trying to ransack your oh, house yeah All totally right. but yeah it's <laughs> we we don't do anything we're we're the worst and i just wrap i honestly i'm ahead of the game because i just wrapped everybody's presents today instead of watch my child i let him sit and watch um peppa pig and baby shark and bubble guppies while I wrap presents upstairs. That's parenting 101. So no Paw Patrol yet? He's not a fan of Paw Patrol. Like we're more of a Disney family, but I was just too lazy to run downstairs and he was watching bubble guppies. I just left it on Nickelodeon and that's just what was on. So he got his dose of bubble guppies and some awful baby shark show now. Like he thought the song was bad. Just watch the show. Terrible. <laughs> no lines guard yet? No. No. We're we're bluey. We we stand bluey in this house. I've seen every episode of Bluey about a hundred <laughs> times. We have the soundtrack. We have a karaoke machine that the kids sing along to it. That's what I hear all day, every day is bluey. They play like Shadowlands. They do all the games on the show. They talk like Bluey and Bingo. Yeah, this is like aged out of my demo. Like I'm trying to remember the cartoons that my son watched when he was little, and it was like Pokemon and God, I don't even remember. Uh, we used to watch a lot. Interesting enough, um, Ali, um, uh, Cars, the first movie. My son loved it. Everything he owned was Lightning McQueen. He had a Lightning McQueen. Um, that was like remote controlled. He had Lightning McQueen slippers and pajamas, toys, cups. Um, everything was Lightning McQueen. Uh, he would just every time he would do something like that he thought was cool, he'd be like, "Ciao." <laughs> it's such a good movie too. Like Cars One, like is the best Cars movie out of 
all three of them and they're making a series too which i think comes out next year but yeah cars is an elite disney pixar movie yeah i like i like that whole um uh the integration of like the different racers so uh doing the cameo work so like uh was it uh wallace he's one of the announcers yeah and all they have like they play on their names too like it's not their real names it's like some cute little play on whatever name yeah like bob costas is bob cutlass yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I remember that and uh, having to explain to them like when the, oh my gosh, the the Italian, when he goes into the tire shop, what is it? Uh, the guy that was in the skiing accident. Uh, he's like F1, Schumacher, right? Yeah, Schumacher. yeah. yeah. Right? And, he, and they like both are like get stunned into silence. It's like oh, so it was so awesome. I remember like <laughs> like having to explain some of those things of like who, yeah. who these people are and why it's important and like um you know Richard Petty and all that stuff. I think it's Richard Petty. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah, and so just giving very basic understanding of racing to like a six year old and he's like yeah, shut up. I just you know like look, are they gonna sure, win or not? Room. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would ask, I asked, what about the movie Turbo? The, the snail that pretty much races very fast. But I guess I'm the, I may, I may be the only one that may have seen that movie because I was sports too. What movie was it? Turbo, the one about the snail that gets injected oh. with some formula and he races, no, and races against other cars or animals or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was forced to watch it because I had kids near me and I couldn't put any movies on. So I'm like, here, let me distract you with a cartoon about a snail. Dreamworks. No, I think Cars, if you're talking about racing movies in general, I think Cars is up there in like a top five. Let's talk about racing sure. movies then. What are your top five racing movies? So in no particular order, because I'm really bad at ranking and deciding what's more important than the other one. So Cars one for sure. Uh, Days of Thunder. Oh, man. Senna. The I, yeah. As much as this pains me to say, I'm going to say Talladega Nights. I do not like Talladega Nights, but the options of racing movies are not the greatest. You're looking some stuff. Um, it's it's just my problem when it comes to like companies that make a movie about racing is that when it comes to NASCAR, they focus on like the stupid comedy part. There's never really outside of Days of Thunder. There's really no like drama filled nascar movie it's always supposed to be funny like they just did that netflix show called the crew with kevin james and it was terrible it was so bad they sat on every stereotypical thing you think of when you think of a nascar driver or nascar team or people associated with nascar and nobody watched it and they canceled it it just wasn't good whereas formula one is now doing a film with brad pitt and lewis hamilton and so many different companies are trying to bid for the rights to make that movie because there's interest there. It's going to be so amazing. I can't wait for it. Did you watch Ford versus Ferrari? Ford versus Ferrari is amazing too. That is on my list. I was made between that. And then there was that movie with that actor. I can't think of his name, but he's. Is he German? No, he's, he was in the movie Into the Wild. But what's the Emil movie Hirsch? that he's in? Emil Hirsch. Emil what's Hirsch? that? Is it Rush? Is that the movie he's in? The, no, yes, Emil Hirsch with, was at Speed Racer, wasn't he? Speed, it's it's one of those. I can't think of the name of it, but okay, so one whichever thinking, one Emil Hirsch is, then I liked. 
Speed Racer, I think it would be oh, the no. Rush. No, no. Rush is um, Hemsworth, Chris mm-hmm. Hemsworth, and okay. the guy who was the bad guy in... He's in Falcon and Winter, Winter Soldier. He's yes, the one that's that... What I'm thinking. that that's, yeah, about Formula, that that's about Formula One, if I'm correct. There was a story of Nikki Lauda and um, yeah, and I can't remember the the, the English guy's name because that's I think the uh, Nikki Lauda got into a car accident, mm-hmm. and, and, and and basically it was about him this competitive race that went over to the final races, and um, and it came down to I think Nikki Lauda got into a car accident and wasn't able to finish the season. And it was all about yeah he like had burns all over his body and he yeah. lost his ears and everything like that he recently passed away to r.i.p but yeah as you can see i am absolutely terrible when it comes to movies in general i'm not a big movie person but yeah ford versus ferrari is really really good and i wish it got more accolades than it did because it is really really good is, uh, daniel Bruhl or braille Okay. Yeah, I get the ideas of those two movies mixed up. I don't know why. I don't know if they came out around the same time. Well, Speed Racer was a pretty damn good movie, but that's just me, you know. Um, The movie I was thinking of that you may be overlooking is Sylvester Stallone when he was a car driver. Oh, God, no. I think Mm -hmm. the movie was called either Driver or Driven or something like that. Driven. Driven. No. You also got Death Races, the Death Race movies. <laughs> so bad, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. this what about the Death Race movies? Those don't make your list at all. No, not at all. Maybe does Mad Max count as a racing movie? Is there a racing movie? Would you yeah, count Mad Max as a racing movie? You can like if you can count Mad Max into the racing movie, then that means you have to count in Ben Hur, which features the Chari races. Do you count <laughs> any of the Fast and Furious movies as racing movies? That was going to ask you his favorite car chase movies. I yeah, that's so a totally only different seen, genre. Yeah, I've only seen the first Fast and Furious, unlike Billy Gill. I've only seen one and I'm never gonna see any more than one. It's just not it's just not my cup of tea. I like I've never racing. watched any of them, so you don't have to feel guilty. Because I wanted to I only I only watched the second one where they're in Miami. Is that with uh, like when um it was they, Ludacris? They Is that introdu- when he first started out? Uh, him and Tyrese. And yeah. they had Ava Mendes on that one. And yeah, so there's like, that's it. I, I, I've, I've seen like whenever I have an aversion to Tokyo Drift, I've only seen like five minutes of it ever. And every time I do and I see that one guy and he's like a pretty famous actor now. I just can't watch anything. I, I, just, <laughs> I just don't like him. I, I, I so much. I'm just like, oh. He's like in a TV show or something, and I'm just like, no, I, I just could, I couldn't. And then <laughs> when they revealed that all the movies are like out of time, out of, they were shot in a particular timeline, but they're being released out of the sequence. It's like get over yourself, Vin Diesel. <laughs> this is why The Rock like left and wanted to do his own stuff because you're just you know too full of yourself. Get out of here. That is why you are my sister, Jeanette. <laughs> Because I wanted to ask you, Ali, about car chases. Because I was thinking of the movie The Rock, which they had the car chase in San Francisco. I was thinking of the movie Bullet, which is the fa- one of the famous car chases with Steve McQueen, who started in Le Mans, which was uh, a movie. Obviously, Le Mans is that 24-hour race with a group race that they pretty much run. I think it's in, in a ring that they race. I'm not familiar. No, with- it's, it's, on, it's on an actual track. 
um, Le Mans uh, with Steve McQueen. I was thinking of French Connection, which is famous for their car chase with, um, what's his name that people keep on thinking that he, uh, Gene, oh my God, Gene Hackman. The movie uh, Bullet with Gene Hackman. Everyone loves that car chase scene. And what's interesting is that they, they couldn't get the, the permission to drive in the streets of New York. So they the director's like, screw it. Let's just film it and whatever happens, happens. So there's a part where Gene Hackman is driving and literally causes a car to spin out in the middle of the in the middle of the street, and that actually accident actually happened, and they had to paint a guy for all. Oh, jeez! It was it was the movie's great. It's, so I was just wondering if there's a top car chase in a movie that you absolutely love. Oh man, that that I love that really sticks out to me. It sticks out to um, me. Or even must have gone to six. Okay, seconds. I got I got I got one. And it, is seared, it is seared. It is seared into my brain. It is a Quentin Tarantino movie, Death Proof. Um, there were actually two different car, t- technically two different car chase scenes. There's the end one. And then there's kind of like a middle, there's actually three. There's the one in the beginning, middle and end all of them. Even when the lady loses her leg, when he like crashes and whenever, um, Kurt Russell crashes into them, spoiler yeah. alert. And she like loses her leg and it just flies out. And then the one where the stunt lady is riding in front of the car and he's trying to ram him off the road. And then the third one is when they try to get him back and they end up running him off the road. I thought that was really intense because that movie is supposed to portray like that stereotypical like 1970s, what you'd see in old movies when it comes to a car chase. And I thought it was phenomenal. I love Quentin Tarantino. I love his movies. But yeah, those those three specific car chase scenes really stick out in my mind because they're really the only ones I can think of. Maybe the Italian job. I think that's the only other one I can really think of. Which one, the Italian job? Because there's two. There's an original and then there's a remake. Whichever one was made recent. Like, how old is, what do you mean? The original is Michael Caine, but when he's very young in the 60s. And that's the one where the bus, where they have all the gold on the bus and the bus is teetering over the mountains. The original is great. So that must be the remake I'm thinking of. Yeah, they have all these Mini Coopers driving in London and the bus, spoiler alert, they drive this bus full of gold to, to topple over. It's like a game of topple pretty much. And everyone's in the middle of this bus and the bus is just halfway over the mountain. And they're trying to figure out how do we still keep the gold and get out of here? Because the moment people start moving, it offshifts everything and people will lose their lives. But that the original is really good. Yeah, I have another nominee. Can it be a car chase if there's only one car involved chasing a person? Would Go you ahead. consider that a car chase? Because Back to the Future, whenever Biff is chasing Marty McFly, no matter whatever movie, <laughs> he's always chasing Marty McFly, or he's on the skateboard and he goes and walks on top of the car and then he gets back on the skateboard and they crash into the manure. That's if, a classic. If Back to you want to go with that, then I present you the movie, Steven Spielberg's first movie, Duel, which is about a truck chasing a car and no one knows why. Hmm. I've never seen it. I Nope. I'm really bad at movies. I have... I'm like Greg Cody. I'm like Greg Cody. I don't watch that. It's many basically movies. a semi truck <laughs> chasing after a car, and they got and they go into like a um, one of those little pit stops, almost like a di- like a diner stop in the middle of nowhere. And the guy's trying to see who is it that's chasing him, chasing him all over the Midwest, and it's just and then he gets rushes to his car, gets in his car, starts driving. In the back is the is the 
is that what's it called? The the, the semi pickup truck behind him, and he's still racing. Like he's like, oh my god, how do I get this guy off my tail? But the movie is really good, but it's very old. And if you watch it, the the camera is Steven Spielberg's first movie. But um, I mean, Gone in sixty seconds. That movie was great too, with a lot of great. I've never seen. I've never seen it. I just know Angelina Jolie's in that movie. That's about all I know. Nick Cage is in that movie. If you love, uh, if you love yourself, some Michael Ryan Reese, you know. So I'm not on Mike Ryan level of Nicolas Cage loving, but I do appreciate his work in National Treasure. Love that movie. Yeah. Not the sequel though. Only the original. How about you, Jenna? Any car chases that you love, or any uh, any favorite uh, car race movies? No, because I don't. I don't think that. There's kind of like what Ali said, where there's like a good movie where it's like specific to that. I think there's stuff that happens within them and you can just be like, oh, and then however you want to categorize it, you'll categorize it. Um, I guess maybe Thelma and Louise, The Last Chase. <laughs> um, but yeah, for Gone in 60 Seconds, that whole like, the first place that they break into, that's a local, like, fancy, fancy dealership over here in Los Angeles. So whenever you drive down La Cienega towards um, Beverly Hills, you drive by it. You're like, oh, that's the place for the movie. No wonder they broke into it. So dumb. I, I was hoping someone would mention Blues Brothers because I just remembered it, but, you know. Yeah, like, oh, that's, was- yeah that's another one. I've seen that movie, but I've only seen it once. Yeah, I've, I've never seen the movie from end to end, from beginning to end. I've only seen bits and pieces. But Yeah, I just know there's somewhat quote about Illinois Nazis. That's about all I can recall from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so um, going on to racing, would you like to give a recap of, of, of the Formula One season? And they, so did the NASCAR season already end? The NASCAR yes, it, Yeah, it ended um, at the beginning of November. And my pick, Kyle Larson, won the championship. Congratulations. Had the most race wins of the season. Dominated all year. Deserved it. Bounced back from all the shit he caused himself last year. Lost his job. Lost all his sponsorship. Comes back with Hendrick the, and brings them another trophy to add to their million bazillion trophy cases as a result of Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon. Just another one there. And Kyle's probably going to get more. What about Formula One? Because that's uh, that's one of the main reasons why I really wanted to have you on. To recap the season, and let's see if we can get any expectations from you. Because this season was really, it's come down to two races, racers, but it usually comes down to one. But this time we got some real competitive stuff happening in Formula One. Yeah, so this is the first time since 1974 that two drivers have been tied um, for the championship. So it's basically uh, whoever finishes best is going to win unless they take each other out and say they take each other out or someone takes both of them out and they finish worse. Both of them finish worse than 10th. Max gets the championship, Max Verstappen, because he has more race wins. He has what one more than Lewis. So he would win if they somehow have some sort of incident, which... Unfortunately, I don't know if you've seen the curbing that they put down at the newly um, reconfigured Abu Dhabi course, mm-hmm. um, but it is not great and not ideal for the tires that Pirelli brought this weekend. Pirelli apparently was not informed as to what type of curbing they, that the track put in, 
and it very well might lead to multiple tire punctures during the race. Hopefully they kind of get it flushed out during practice. I think it's like three 30, it starts at three o'clock in the morning tomorrow. If anybody wants to get up and wake up for that first practice, um, to see if they're really going to push the boundaries when it comes to running the tires on the curbs to see if it will in fact lead to more punctures. But outside of that specific, um, thing that could potentially happen this weekend the 2021 formula one season has been one of the craziest seasons i have ever seen and yes i've only been watching i mean for what seven eight years now but um usually you have a person the championship already decided before the last race there's already kind of a clear front runner and it's usually been mercedes with lewis over the course of the past 10 years or at the beginning of the 2010s, it was Sebastian Vettel with Ferrari. Um, but this season has just been absolutely insane. Red Bull finally has caught up to Mercedes, and they're pretty much on even keel um, and have been throughout the season. The reason that it is so close is that they've Lewis and Max have basically have taken each other out. They'll drive harder against each other, and if they get taken out, then somebody else has won their very first race. That's why you've seen a... Uh, a good portion of first time winners or winners that necessarily haven't won in a decent amount of time this year is because Max and Lewis are so competitive with each other that they've ended up crashing each other or have led to some issue involving the other driver. But I honestly don't know how Netflix is going to discuss or wrap this season up in 10 episodes. There's absolutely no way you could do 10 episodes on the Saudi Arabian race last weekend because of the shit show it was. So everybody's kind of in for a treat this is the drama that you want. This is your game seven moment. This is a winner take all or a perform better than the other person. Like this is exactly what racing has wanted. NASCAR has tried and tried and tried to have this happen. They've redone their entire playoff system to try to get this game seven moment that just came naturally to formula one. And it's incredible that we are spoiled and have had this type of season with all of this drama and intense, great racing to come down to arguably the best driver on planet earth and arguably the best driver in formula one history going against a 23 year old who has been driving since he has, he was 18. I think he got his first win whenever he was 18 in formula one, who's probably going to surpass Lewis if, as long as Red Bull can maintain their competitive advantage over Mercedes with the new 2022 car. But just to see this up and coming talent, compete with the best on planet earth it is just incredible to watch and we're absolutely going to be in for a treat on sunday so this is a statement race a legacy race a blueprint race for mercedes i would say which that, cliche should we go with well, which one are we going with i'm gonna say that it's a this hollywood is, race right it's a hollywood script race right i'd say this is a legacy race because this is going to determine, do you care about driver Lewis or do you care about manufacturer Mercedes more? That's what it's going to come down to because the constructor championship is also very close. I think they have like a 30 point Mercedes has a 30 point buffer with Red Bull, but that could easily be overtaken because Valtteri is garbage. And so is Sergio, like they're so inconsistent. It's ridiculous. So I think this is a legacy race for Mercedes. If they don't win this, they're going to be going into 2022 with this new car in a hole 
to Red Bull. Mercedes has dominated the sport for so long. There has been nobody close to like the only time that someone has come close to beating Lewis is his own teammate. Like Nico Rosberg beat Lewis in 2016. That's it. Nobody else has come close. And now Red Bull finally has everything in place to be able to surpass them. And with everything that has happened between Lewis and Max this season for Red Bull to still be in the chase and say they overtake Mercedes before this new car that's supposed to make it more equal across the board when it comes to all these lower teams as well. This is absolutely a legacy race for Mercedes. So there was a little bit of controversy that I saw that I post I sent to you about people claiming that some of the engineers that had left Red um, left Mercedes have defected over to Red Bull and that they tweaked around the car a little bit to the same style as Lewis Hamilton, which has given them more, it's advanced their uh, technology to be similar to Mercedes. Is there anything behind that? Do you think that's actually true? Or you think um, Red Bull just pretty much studied what's out there and came up with their own thing? Well, there was controversy. I can't remember what year it was, but about, I think it was McLaren did some shady shit and got like blueprints from another team kind of thing. So I wouldn't doubt that that goes on some sneaky shady stuff between Mercedes and Red Bull. I think that goes on probably more often than what we think it does. Um, But I also think Mercedes is doing a lot of shady shit too. For example, there's all this controversy around Lewis's engine from the Brazilian race. Like he started... Um, with a brand new engine and he blew past the field and people are like how did he do that he started he had this huge grid penalty he basically started from last and he ended up coming back and winning the race when it came to the sprint race and then going to the back and actually doing the real race and coming back and winning so I feel like everybody kind of does the shady stuff and I mean more power to them if Red Bull could figure out that that super secret sauce of whatever's making Mercedes succeed, then that's kind of on Mercedes for not hiding their stuff that well. Um, but but what's going to change? But yeah, have defected over to the other team, so they took the, those secrets with them over. So I guess that means the it's not proprietary to one company. So I'm basically said I help give my car company or my constrictor company an advantage and I'm just going to bring these secrets with me over to the, to my, to, um, to the new company I'm working for. Yeah. Well, that also brings up a question about how you feel about Alex Albon. So Alex Albon is a Red Bull driver, but Mercedes signed him. So he's driving not for Mercedes, but for Williams, but Williams uses a Mercedes everything. Um, but he's still going to be a Red Bull person. So like, how does that work kind of thing? You're telling me you're going to sign a Red Bull person to come over to a Mercedes and drive for a Mercedes team. That's like the feeder series into the legit Mercedes team. And he's going to keep quiet about what he's doing. And you think he's not going to go back and say something to his Red Bull Christian Horder counterparts. I don't know. Oh, I think they're taking a chance there with Albon. I mean, I'm sure Albon's a great guy. He has a great Instagram for his cats um which is a really popular instagram page but he very well could be one of the shady people too that could be like hey red bull i want to get a top spot let me tell you what mercedes is doing but i think what's going to help the situation is just with this new car that it's pretty much more even it's like the same thing with nascar they're basically handing you like hey here's your car here are the parts it's up to you to kind of put them together how you feel fit but it's way more even keel across the board that even the back market teams like Haas 
and Williams and Alfa Romeo can be a little bit more competitive, not necessarily to like Red Bull Mercedes level, but maybe they can get up there with Alpine. Maybe they can get up there with McLaren. Um, so I feel like with this new car, it might be a little bit different. I feel like that, that what you're saying in that article you're talking about is an issue now. I don't think it's going to be an issue in the future. Do you have any opinions of what Lando Norris has said about changing your tires to red, red light? Um, what is it during red flag? So, yeah. So I actually do have an opinion about this. So in NASCAR, when there's a red flag, you cannot work on your car. It's an unfair advantage. You, even if you are a damaged vehicle and you're the reason why the, the red flag is out, you cannot touch your car at all. You, and then when the caution flag comes out and they re- lift the red flag, you get six minutes to fix your car to get back out there and meet minimum speed. For Formula One, they bring them into the pits for red flag. They can do, you can do whatever you want to the car and the driver can get out, go have a little snack, take a pee break, talk to his engineers, talk to his strategist. Um, I don't, I don't like the rule. I think a red flag means you don't touch anything, make it even, it adds more strategy into the race. When you let them do like what NASCAR does, you just can't touch your car. You have to plan when you're going to pit and do all, all this other kind of calculations. And yeah, it did benefit max this past weekend when the red flag came out and he was able to switch his tires because max or max didn't pit when Lewis pitted and got his tires just two laps before the red flag came out, but that's just how racing is. You just don't know when the, when the red flag's going to come out, you didn't necessarily know that the barrier needed to be fixed as much as it did. Um, but yeah, I don't think that you should be able to fix your car in a red flag. You should be able to just leave it as it is and then come in and do a normal pit stop. Like everybody else. I think it makes it more fair. Um, earlier you mentioned uh, Sergio and I know that a few weeks ago, one of the premier races was uh, the race in Mexico City. Uh, so I wanted to just get your impressions of uh, that whole race and the buildup, uh, because if there's one thing about us Mexicans that we really enjoy is uh, to root on our own countrymen, either to succeed 100% or if you fail in the pursuit to just like totally shit talk you because you didn't win and how we knew all along you weren't going to do it so that's <laughs> like one of our that's like one of our pastimes as Mexicans so like when when Canelo fights like we know okay he's either really he's either going to deliver a great ass whipping or he's going to get really whooped and it's just going to be a great conversation we like it a little bit better when our people win but even if you lose we get to laugh at you for not succeeding i i thought it was amazing and the fact that just how the races ended up that coda was the race prior to that and he had such a large crowd at coda too it was awesome i love the fact that the race there's now a race in mexico specifically because sergio perez and his family worked so hard to bring a race to mexico and it was just like you just wanted to take it all in. It was just mind blowing the support that they had. And the fact that the conversation switched from Max and Lewis to would Red Bull let Sergio get the better car for the weekend over Max, like screw the championship, screw the constructors, screw screw Max getting all the points. We want Sergio to succeed. And the fact that Sergio got third in that race, and that's one of his few podiums um, of the year. I thought that was awesome. And I wish that they would race in other drivers' home countries. Like, 
the support that all the English drivers get when they race at Silverstone is incredible. When Daniel Ricciardo, when they drive in Australia, when there's not COVID, it's just mind blowing how everybody from that country that you get that one chance to root on your home driver. And that's like the one time you get to see like this elite athlete perform in one of the top sports. I think it's awesome. And I hope they keep going to Mexico because it was fun to watch just how the reception, the, how Sergio was received and Sergio is such a lovable guy too. I, he is possibly in the worst spot on the formula one grid. You do not want to be the second Red Bull driver. You do not want to be second to max. It has not been the most successful place to be in all. I'd rather be the worst. I'd rather be Nikita Mazepin, the worst driver in the history of Formula One. I'd rather be him than be Sergio Perez right now because you're never going to beat Max. And no matter what you do, they're always going to give that to Max. And even the fact that they had that conversation in Mexico was very heartwarming that maybe there's a slim chance that they would let Checo win or get the better car but I just feel so bad for him. And I hope they, they keep him. I'm glad that they signed him, uh, that he signed an extension because they've just recycled drivers. And it's just, it's infuriating that Red Bull does that to the second place person. I'm glad they gave Sergio that chance. And I hope they keep him there for a long time because he brings in that crowd and he is such a sweet, lovable guy and his kids are adorable. What it also does is um, I think uh, it opens up the horizons to to the people within the, the, the sport that uh, coordinate these races, that there's a larger demographic that they can tap into. So, you know, if you want to grow your sport, if you want to, of course, always make more money, that you have to kind of, like you said, look at where your racers are from and maybe dedicate a race or an exhibition to bring out those people. Because like I said, you know, Mexicans, we show out for our people. And when I saw that the stands were full and I did not see a, like, like the majority was our people, like we will spend those bucks, we'll show up. And, you know, not only that, but like, uh, Mexican Americans will travel on, especially when it's the restrictions are easy to travel. We'll go and we'll see those things and we'll spend the money. That's also like, uh, I've noticed the, when the NFL used to play in Mexico City, it didn't really matter who the teams were. The people showed up, they filled up Elasteca, they loved to root for the teams and all that good stuff. So I, I loved it. Was that also when Megan the Stallion had her? Uh, that, was the that was at Coda. That was at Coda when they had the moment. So the someone with that an week had an Oscar on the grid at the Me- the Mexico Grand Prix. Someone that won an Oscar for something. That's what that's what Brundle was rock, walking around with on the oh. on the grid in in Mexico. But yeah, it was like the same the same thing whenever um they went to uh, Zandvoort. So it was Max's home race and it was the Dutch Grand Prix and everything was orange, orange everywhere, like blasting Max's, uh, he has his own EDM song called like Max, (laughs) Max, Super Max, Max. Like it was just, it's just insane. And like, I wish we had that. I wish we had a U.S. driver, but that's a whole nother discussion for another day that that's probably never going to happen. But the closest thing is we have Sergio, like Mm -hmm. that he, he could be our representative for Coda and just 
people love that. People love to root for the home team. And instead of maybe taking that dirty money from the Middle East, let's start expanding outward and start looking at other places to go because you're still going to get money, just not that much money as you would from the Middle East. But hey, it's cleaner money. Have the New Zealand Grand Prix or have the Grand Prix of the Americas, know, Prague, or, or or you know Czech Republic. Or... No, the the um, the Americas because you can involve you know Mexico, um, Brazil. Uh, you know Brazil is huge into racing. Uh, they've had some great people come out of there. Not necessarily like in the F one circuit, but overall they've had great racers and they enjoy it. And it's also um, you know you stoke up some of those rivalries. Like if you could get you know like something going on in Mexico and maybe in like Argentina and feed into like the soccer rivalries it'll it'll you know it'll grow the it'll the animosity will help it to grow um so I know that next year Ali there is this there's gonna be a race here in Los Angeles uh right at the Los the Angeles clash at the Coliseum <laughs> yes at the Coliseum okay so when this was explained to me very poorly by Jeff our friend Jeff oh, I thought that it was going to be racing in the streets around USC oh and that was just, and so once again he he is not a great communicator and then I finally saw on the news and I was just like they're gonna race inside the Coliseum and I was like, I had no idea. So the more I, like, the, the so what they're going to, I guess, kind of do is cover the infield grass of the Coliseum. And they're going to lay down some sort of a turf. And that's going to be the racing surface. So to me, that seems incredibly exciting because it's a different venue from, you know, P- Pomona. Uh, where normally races happen here that's uh no fontana fontana is like the one place where we have a racetrack and we've had races and stuff so for that to be so close i'm really looking forward to that and i've already told jeff i'm like i'm gonna go stake out like the trader joe's by usc and let's see how many nascar drivers i may see around there and he thought it was so stupid so do you think that that is um because that's Jordan, right? Jordan, like the Michael Jordan racing, they kind of had a hand in that or something. Was, yeah, right? so, so basically what this race is, is that the week before the Daytona 500, it's like what you consider a preseason race. It's an exhibition race. It used to be called the Clash. And mm-hmm. it would be the, what used to be the standards for it is if you were a pole sitting driver, like if you finished first in qualifying, if you won a race, or if you made the playoffs, you qualified to do this exhibition race. And it was just basically like a half, half the distance race on the big Daytona super speedway. And it was a crash fest and yay, NASCAR's back kind of thing. Last year, they did it on the Daytona road course. And it was pretty, it was decent because you only get like 20, 21, 22 drivers. Cause usually you only get 40 drivers for a race, but this one was like 21, 22. And it was okay. And then NASCAR's like, well, wait a second. Let's start feeling some other things out. Oh, hey, look, the Super Bowl's going to be in Los Angeles in 2022. Let's try to get the NFL Super Bowl crowd. Let's get them into NASCAR. 
how about we put a track in the middle of the fucking Coliseum in Los Angeles? Genius. So we have a track like that in North Carolina called Bowman Gray Stadium. And I think that's where Winston-Salem State plays, if I'm not mistaken. They play on the football field there, but there's like a race car track around the football field. And like local race car drivers drive there every weekend kind of thing. And it's such a shit show. But yeah, so Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan kind of push that, hey, let's try to branch out. Let's try this out because we've been doing this whole Daytona thing for so long now. We've seen through the COVID pandemic that, hey, maybe when we try something new, it works. Why not try this out? Let's expand into the Los Angeles market because we haven't really tried to expand out West as much as we probably should. They are redoing the Fontana track. They're making it from a two mile Mm -hmm. track to a half mile, but they're not even doing that for a couple of years. So this is their next best thing. NASCAR rate NASCAR fans love short track racing. They beat, they bang. Why not do it? Pull in that new crowd. It is going to be amazing. And oh, by the way, this is where they're debuting their brand new next gen gen car that they're still testing out today. They're still getting the kinks out because they can't quite get it right yet. So this will be the debut of a brand new car. They're having heat races like they do with all these local tracks, like 10 to 15 or probably seven to eight cars for heat race. And then 20 to 24 cars out there driving on the Coliseum for their main race. It's going to be amazing. I think it's a genius idea to try this. Yeah. It's going to suck when it comes to, if you're part of NASCAR traveling all the way out to the West coast, just to come back and start doing all your Daytona stuff on Tuesday, but I don't work in NASCAR. So that's kind of on them. And you know what? That's okay. But as a fan, I think it's amazing. And I think you and Jeff should go. I, I believe it's the week before the Super Bowl, right? The Sunday yeah. before. So where there's kind of a, there is a, a void more or less in the sports calendar. Yeah. Um, because is the All-Star you know, game around that time, though? Nah, 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 nah. I mean, that'd be All-Star game. 180 to 182. No, I'm saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in Cleveland. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <No> yeah. <thanks. laughs> so, and, and that area is particularly good because they'll probably um, take over like uh, Bank of California. They might do something there. Um, they'll probably use it like as a hosting site. They'll set up they'll, all the, uh, probably a huge parking lot and it'll be like all, all the trailers and the meets and greets. And of course, you know, um, utilizing the convention center and all that stuff. So when I, like, seriously, when I, first thought of this because it was like track because they were saying like something about a short rate like I think it was explained to me poorly and I'm like they're gonna be on the streets and I'm like so if I go to Jefferson (laughs) and Figueroa I'm gonna see the NASCAR people cool and then he's like no it's inside I'm like okay that's a lot better because you know they won't interfere with traffic and people hate that <laughs> so I was I, and I was interested I, I, I'm like it's, I've, I've never been to a race to absorb the atmosphere I'm generally interested especially because I did forget about like the whole new car and everything and you know I, it's gonna be weird because also like the Coliseum was built in the 30s and the entrance is like this big. It's like three people's body lengths. I'm like, how are you gonna get the cars in? There? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> gonna be tricky to get them in and out of there. And they're not so, like they're setting all their like um 
all their pit road stuff out outside. It's just they're going to bring in the cars and then bring them out. I think that's all that's going to be in the infield. Yeah, because, um, you know, they used to do um, X Games before inside of the Coliseum. And one thing they would do is build a ramp. So like the old Travis Pastrana course. So he would actually drive down, go around and then back out. So it's crazy. The better place for this would have been where Dignity Park, where the Galaxy play, because you can just drive around the park or go inside. But, you know, whatever. Like, they didn't ask me for my opinion. But, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's it's going to be for max. I guess it's like you said, maximum bang bang and stuff like that for, for the space. So we'll see how that turns out in a couple months. <laughs> Jeanette, how far is the costume from your house? If the band's playing music, can you actually hear it from your home or is that? No, it's 10 minutes away. <laughs> no, I just figured, right? it, I figured when there's a game going on, and you know the marching bands on the field. If you can actually hear it from your home or not? No, no. If I no, 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 no. I I don't live. I live close, but not that close. Mm, I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, what would be awesome if Jeanette could actually hear the marching band when they're playing inside the stadium. From no, home. I, I I'm like on the flight path for any flyover over the Coliseum, over Staples Center. I get to see the, ah. the Goodyear blimp and all that stuff. It's, hey, what is it called now? Oh. It's not Staple Center. I forgot what it's called. Crypto. Crypto.com. A company I don't understand has money to sponsor all these things, company. Because they're like the main sponsor of UFC now. They're like the main sponsor of Formula One now. And now they just spend a trillion bazillion dollars taking away our beloved Staple Center. Okay, oh. Ali, what is your what are you, what are your expectations for this for Abu Dhabi this weekend? Um what I hope to happen versus what I think is going to happen is that probably Max is going to do something stupid and cause Lewis to lose and Max is going to win and nothing's going to be done about it because hey, Lewis has seven championships. What I want to happen is for Lewis to just outright beat Max based on speed and Mercedes win. And Lewis becomes the only eight time champion in formula one history passing Schumacher. And he's the goat. And how great it is that you have your black driver be the goat of formula one is hilarious and amazing. Um, but yeah, I feel like Max, just because of how aggressive of a driver he is, he's going to do something dumb. Like what he did at Saudi Arabia, he brake checked Lewis when he was supposed to let Lewis buy him. He purposely brake checked him and Lewis got damaged to his front wing, but somehow made him faster. But uh, yeah, Max is going to do absolutely something stupid and it's going to either ruin his race or he's going to ruin both of their races. My brother had a question. I wasn't sure how to answer him. If all the cars have the same type of engine, the same frame design, what is it that they do to the cars to be able to have an advantage over the other cars, whether it's in NASCAR or in Formula One? It's just different different little tweaks that you can adjust something. So they're given like a range in what you can change, what aerodynamic, whatever part of the car you can change. You can, they just do, depending on how much money a team has, you can, you can put your resources into testing, whether sim testing or real testing doesn't really happen anymore because the sims are kind of the way to go now to save money, but you just test and test and test and see what works when it comes to these adjustments, when it comes to wedge adjustments and 
just adjusting the height of the car, the air pressure in the tire can determine so much to make your car go fast. The weather that day, whether you need to take air out, put air in, whether you need to make your car go higher off the ground, lower off the ground, turn it more to the left. Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're just given a a margin to work with. And it's just a matter of testing down to the millimeter sometimes as to what can make this car go just a teeny tiny bit faster. And it's just reliability of your part to you. Like you're only given so many parts for the season and just with better funded teams come better products and yeah, like how do they shift more the durability yeah. like do they shift weights using different type of equipment or whatever or it's because he was asking me and i'm like you know what i'll ask ali because i know what the controversies in, in nascar used to be with spoiler that they would have the spoilers bent to, to a yeah so now more, yeah I mean, like whatnot. for example with the spoiler nascar gives it to you and you cannot touch it and if you touch it in any way shape or form even if you put a sticker on it for a sponsor you get fined like $25,000, you lose points, your crew chief and your car chief get ejected or suspended for four races. And sometimes they'll even like uh, deduct points from the driver too, not just the team. So yeah, like parts that are given to you from NASCAR, you cannot touch. And with this new car, there's going to be more of that because they're basically handing you a car like, Hey, here you go. Just teeny tiny little adjustments. That's why NASCAR is going to be a lot closer than the other series. But yeah, Formula One is getting their new car and they're going to have less to work with, just like with NASCAR. But yeah, it's just like the just little things, like things you wouldn't even think about adjusting. Maybe a screw here, or a spring here, or a shock here. Like it's just teeny tiny little things can make a world of difference because these drivers are within tenths, sometimes hundredths of a second of each other with courses that are 20 25 turns and it's just remarkable how they can be so close to each other but just that one little teeny tiny adjustment on a car can make the world a difference so i know that a few weeks ago you were at a race unfortunately you had to endure horrible rain uh but then you were able to kind of like see it through what was that experience like because you like i I saw the video that you were posting i'm like that's so cool so yeah so what I went to was, so NASCAR has their basically a week of celebrating their champions and their three series. They used to have it out in Las Vegas. NASCAR kind of saw, hey, maybe Vegas isn't really the realm we want to go to anymore. So let's bring it to Nashville because Nashville is mm-hmm. where we want to be, which is a great city when it comes to bringing a new sport in because it will be well received because there's nothing else to do here but drink and listen to country music all day. So what I went to was that Wednesday, they take the playoff drivers. So there's 16 playoff drivers plus their champion in the truck series, their champion in the Xfinity series, which are their two lower series and their ARCA champion. They park Mm -hmm. their cars on Broadway with the main strip in Nashville where all the bars are and they close it down. And when nighttime hits, they have the drivers come and they do like a burnout competition. (laughs) <laughs> so they just do all their little spins and twirls, crash the wall, do just little creative things, put glo- like underglow all over their car. One driver shot out confetti. One driver did a backflip out of his car. Kyle Larson, the champion, had his dad in the car with him. And Kyle Larson, his burnouts are known for like what he does is he takes the steering wheel off. So he just uses his hand to use like the shaft or whatever. And he holds the steering wheel out of the car when he does his burnout. It's really, it is really fucking cool. He's like one of the best to do it, but he had his dad hold out the steering wheel whenever he was doing the burnout. So that was a really sweet 
emotional, like all how cute father son moment. Um, but it was a blast. And that's like the closest I've ever been to a NASCAR driver. There was like a fence in between us, mm-hmm. but I took, I took my oldest Landry cause he's a big NASCAR person. He loves Joey Logano. So of course, anytime Joey was near us, I got my phone out, taking pictures, trying to Landry, trying to get his attention or whatever. Um, but yeah, it started pouring rain. So we got there at five. It didn't start till six 30 and the rain said it was going to stop at six. So I'm like, Oh yay! This is going to be fun because nobody's going to stick around. We're going to get a great spot. No, people were just standing out in the rain, just getting soaking wet. So we had like the worst spot in like the corner. So if they did a burnout at the top of Broadway, we couldn't see them. We could only see them if they were down at the lower part of Broadway. But thankfully I got really good shots of a lot, a lot of the drivers that end up coming down and we could see them and there was like a big screen and all that. But the coolest moment was just how close you were to the drivers. Like how they did it this past time is that every driver had to walk to their car. So they made them walk up Broadway. They, they bust them last time. Um, so they had the drivers walk in their walking path, walked right by where me and Landry were. So they all came right by us, like with, within an arm's reach, there's a fence in between us. So they couldn't, we couldn't get all crazy handsy with them. But it, some of them like looked at Landry and like waved, hey, Joey looked at him and waved, hey. But then when everything was over, Landry and I were walking to where the cars were parked to get loaded onto whatever hauler to take them back because they didn't need them anymore. So a lot of the drivers would get out, they'd do their hit or whatever with the TV broadcast or the radio broadcast because it was all broadcasted. They would walk over and wait for the bus to come to chauffeur them to whatever bar they were going to next. And two of the drivers were right by us. So Denny Hamlin said hi to us and then got bum rushed by every single fan, which is, was extremely (laughs) cringy. I don't know how drivers do that. I don't know how athletes deal with that in general. I'm not the type of person I could never go up to a driver like, Oh my God, it's you. Can I get a picture? I could never ever. And I was just like, Hey, look, Landry, it's Denny Hamlin. Um, he's like, so that's the thing. Like, Oh, (laughs) this is the worst part. So so we saw Denny, then he got bum rushed by whatever people. And so we're about to go hit the pedestrian bridge to walk to where we parked at. And Ryan Blaney, the art, one of the most attractive people in NASCAR, five, seven short King, but very grizzled, handsome young lad walks right by us, sticks his hand out, has a big smile on like wanted Landry to give him a fist bump. Landry's just staring at him like, what do I do? Like he just froze. And then of course, so I'm like, Ryan Blaney has his hand out to fist bump him. I can't just let, leave him hanging. Cause Landry's there just like, Oh my God. So I'm just like, Oh, Hey, here. And I missed it. It's like the what? most awkward oh, thing. Allie, no. I missed it. That was my shining moment. That was my chance and I missed eyes? it. And it was like, I did that. And I just aud- audibly said, Oh, and then he just walked away. He didn't even let you do a redo? No, because he thought it was funny too. <laughs> that it was just like a misfit. It was like, oh. <laughs> so so that, you, that was my you, shining moment with the most attractive you, person in NASCAR. You you I don't, I don't, I don't even, like I, I held it out, out but he, was, he started walking and I just didn't hold it out far enough because I didn't want it to be too hard because I like I didn't want to feel like I was punching him so like millisecond decision I just went a little bit and it just wasn't enough and I did audible all so embarrassing 
What are you most looking forward to oh, in the poor next- Hallie. <laughs> Like that was my moment. I like I had met Danica Patrick before. She came to Fort Bragg one time and she signed a car for Landry and Landry was being awkward again. He just has this awkward thing and he took all these silly pictures with Danica behind. Like there was a table in between me and Danica and Landry. So that was like before then, that was the only time I'd ever met a NASCAR driver. And I was like, oh my God, I could actually like physically be in like a Zen moment with a NASCAR driver. And I ruined it. Out of all people, too, like the one that dates the Hooters model. Such a shame. I was going to ask you, what are you looking most forward to in the next seasons of racing, either in Formula One or NASCAR? What are you looking forward to uh, next year? Because you just said that the, the, the advantage in Formula One is going to be less lessened because they're going to have pretty much similar cars all around now. Yeah. So I feel like that applies to both Formula One and NASCAR. And that's one of the things I am honestly looking forward to is that does this actually level the playing field more? Are these backmarker teams that cannot afford to spend this kind of money to make their car just a little bit better? Are they going to have more of a chance to perform in the top 15, top 20? Or in Formula One, score points? Will Williams consistently score points next year? They looked out a couple times this year when it came to spawn that horrendous weather that they didn't even really run a race but they ended up getting points for both of their drivers will that happen on a more consistent basis next year um when it comes to what i'm uh, oh wow i can't talk another thing i'm looking forward to is the influx of formula one drivers mainly formula two drivers realizing they can't get into formula one and they're now leaving the formula like atmosphere and coming to indycar like, for example, Roman Grosjean, like he wasn't going to get another contract with Haas um, in Formula One. So he took a chance on IndyCar and the IndyCar crowd fell in love with him, myself included. I love Grosjean. I root for him. And now he has a top tier ride with Andretti, like one of the top teams in, in IndyCar. And he's racing the Indy 500 this year. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see that influx of people leaving the Formula One realm because there's only 20 slots. And a lot of the slots are going to pay drivers, unfortunately, because of how expensive it is, it is to do that, that series of racing. And they're coming over to America and realizing, huh, maybe I can succeed here. That's what I'm most looking forward to when it comes to Formula One. When it comes to NASCAR, I'm looking forward to just this new generation of talent. Your Kyle Larson's, your Chase Elliott's, or your William Byron's, your Ryan Blaney's. Because a driver can go until they're in their 40s sometimes in their 50s these guys are succeeding in their 20s how long are they going to be able to maintain that are they still going to be able to compete with the likes of kyle bush denny hamlin martin truex kevin harvick who are in their late 30s early 40s and are still kicking everybody's asses it's just i i want to see that youth movement continue and will these guys continue with it that long or are they going to leave the sport early are they going to get too burnt out on it are we starting are we rushing drivers into the top tiers of racing too fast? Because I feel like that could result in some burnout. And that's also the thing I'm looking at with Max too. Will Max get burnout because of the pressure not only put on from his family and his crazy ass dad, who wasn't successful in Formula One, is his dad still going to try to vicariously live through Max and his success? And is Max going to get burnt out on that? One of the things that you amazed me was that you mentioned there's like a senior racing circuit 
with Tony Stewart and some of the old older racers, Bill Elliott and his. Um, yeah, SR, it's called the Superstar Racing Experience, aka the Old Geezer Racing League. Is that is, is. is that gaining popularity by any chance? Yes. So I went to the Nashville Fairgrounds race this year to give it a shot because I had never seen Bill Elliott race. I love bill elliott big mcdonald's fan. car <laughs> yeah and the mcdonald's car like I, the, his his 94 mcdonald's car is on my my um tv stand right now with my days of thunder cars and i think a lewis hamilton car is on there right now i rotate all my die cast on my tv stand which is such a nerd thing to do but anyways uh yeah so it's all these you, former drivers i is it based on race mood? sometimes i do so what what Your we used to do driver? yeah what we used to do is we used to pick a rant like my so i have a problem this is my Al- alcoholics anonymous this is my diecast anonymous meeting oh, i have a problem buying diecast i have an addiction to buying diecast i have about 200 diecast <gasps> but my problem is i i let landry play with them because why not you only live once Who, i'm not going to try and resell these like i'm going to you know, have I thought fun of you on something you know i thought of you on something i saw the lego techniques with the race cars and I'm like, oh my God, Allie, I, I, if Allie doesn't own I have one bought, of this. yeah, I have bought almost every Lego Speed one. Yeah, Landry builds them all. And it, Santa is bringing three of them. The Lego Technics uh, are crazy, though. You can even yeah, I have, he's, he, he's, he's currently building the McLaren one right now. He, he gave up, though, to move on to bigger and better things, but it's just sitting in his room right now. Don't worry, Bobby will finish it. <laughs> uh, probably. I'm still working on his Titanic that I've, that he's, crashed and burned four times now but uh but yeah i have like 200 die casts and what we used to do is we used to just grab one randomly and that would be our driver reroute for that weekend and mm-hmm. whoever and we would keep them up on our mantle so like we would just put whatever die cast whoever we picked and then it started leading to oh let's not only do that let's see if we have the paint schemes for every driver in this race so we would line them up all whatever cars we had to match whatever paint scheme and it's harder nowadays because they changed their damn paint scheme so much instead of like back in the old days like you knew mm-hmm. Dale Earnhardt as the number three good wrench he was always in the black and silver car whereas nowadays they they switch all the damn time mm-hmm. so I have to spend more money into getting all these other different paint schemes for all these cars but yeah I have a I have a problem and Santa's adding to this problem with about 20 more um but yeah like i just i put them up on my mantle and it's just nowadays it's just whoever i'm feeling i'll just go grab one at random and it's got to be an even number it's always an even number why an even number i hate odd numbers i i don't know it's just a weird hey, thing number and that's five like is why i like number. jimmy i know but number five that's, is a good number Daniel. that's kyle larson's number so i can appreciate that but i like i love jimmy johnson and he's 48 i love, I love the multiples of five <laughs> my son landry born on april 8th 2012 4 8 12 lucy born february 16 20, 2 16 16 it, too bad she wasn't born on february 14th i was rooting for that because it would have been 2 14 16 2 plus 14 equals 16 that would have worked and then remy ruins it by bo- being born on a 27th so you can see who my least Poor favorite remy. kid is yeah i know yeah oh I my know. gosh Wait, were you born on even, even, even? No, Allie? no, I was born on the on the nineteenth. You're gonna oh, hate it's me. Awful. I'm four seventeen eighty two. Oh man, I just don't know what it is. I just love even numbers. That's another thing why I hate. I I well, hate's a strong word. I dislike Max because he drives thirty three, and that is a terrible number. 
I like Lewis and his 44. It's very clean. Or even Lando with his four. Just a simple four. J.J. Reddick with the four. Not J.J. Reddick with the seven. God, no. Get that out of here. J.J. Reddick with the four. Oh, so CP3. Thumbs down. Oh, thumbs down. Awful. But if he was CP4, different story. <laughs> now, you talk about your die cast. There's a question I usually ask people towards the later, latter end of the conversation, but I'll ask you now because I want to get your Mount Rushmore. And when you're, if you're get to assemble your team, who's on your racing team? But you're a famous or infamous souvenir you wish you owned. Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, what I've been going down a rabbit hole with on eBay and whatever things I can find is I'm trying to get a hel- a Jimmy Johnson helmet. I want to get an actual real life helmet, like race worn helmet of his, but they're like probably thousands and thousands of dollars. So I've resorted to getting those little mini helmets and I still can't find them because they're all sold out too. But I think having like a race worn, like for, okay, here's, here's a good one. It's probably recency bias, but I don't care. Lewis Hamilton's helmet that he's been racing in, that rainbow one, gorgeous. Yeah, I see it. Absolutely it was awesome. gorgeous. I would kill multiple people and I would fit right in with the Saudi government to get that helmet. <laughs> you and Jeanette are no ugly. lies detected, Ali. No <laughs> lies detected. Fit right in. That's what's perfect about. That the conversation we were having with off air is that were these fans at the airport that you so talked about, Dan Ricardo, how many hands did they have? Did they have two or did they have one? So that's a big, big part of that conversation. Jeanette, do you have a question? Because I have like two more for for Ali before we finish <laughs> off. Uh um geez. No, because I think like, you know, last time she oh okay, yeah. So, well, you're interested in sim racing as well, so maybe you want to no, no, ask about no, no, that. No, 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 no. I want, I, I want to know, like, if if there could be a, a crossover, um, you know, the scheduling didn't matter. Who do you think from, you know, F1, you would like to see them do the F1 and the NASCAR, and you know they would be successful in the same things. A, a NASCAR guy. And I, you know, going into F1. So like kind of like the Deion Sanders baseball football thing. Right. Who, 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 who would you like to see in those positions? So, um, so one of the guys that's having his last race this weekend, Kimmy Raikkonen tried NASCAR, wasn't that great at it. Um, but like the likes of Juan Pablo Montoya was great in NASCAR and underappreciated NASCAR, but because he crashed into a jet dryer, that's all he's known for. So it's a shame for him. Um, but when Fernando Alonso quit Formula One to try to compete in the Indy 500, I feel like he mm-hmm. kind of got a short end of the deal because he wasn't really with a good team. And it was just a lot of unusual set of unusual circumstances as to why he didn't make that Indy 500 that he qualified for. He got bumped out. Um, I would love to see him in NASCAR. I think he would be perfect in NASCAR. Like, I think the easy answer would be Lewis because I think Lewis would be great in whatever he drove. Um, but trying to go off the board, I would love to see Nando. Fernando is such a great personality. Everybody loves him. Like when you look at him, I feel like if he wasn't an, a race car driver, he would be like your local DILF. Like that, that, that's what he looks like. And I appreciate that for him. 
he would bring in a new string of fans and everybody loves him. I know, right? Um, <laughs> and like, again, for NASCAR to form the one, the easy answer would be Kyle Larson because whatever car he drives, he wins in. Like he does all this dirt racing, midget racing, late model, whatever you put him in, he wins in. And I wish a team would actually legit give him a shot to test drive a Formula One car because I bet he would be great at it. Will a team do it? No. Um, but Kyle Larson is hopefully running an Indy 500 within the next couple years. Roger Penske has said he's trying to get that to happen. But another person in NASCAR who I like to see would bring new fans again, bias would be um, Ryan Blaney just because he's so pretty. And he would be the prettiest person on that grid. I mean, no offense to Dilph Alonso, but uh, Ryan's got it going on. He's got these dreamy blue eyes, and that's what you look for in that's Formula. Like, that's how you get the fans initially. Like you look at them and be like, "Huh, all right." I, I, I remember what got people in my area into NASCAR. It wasn't even NASCAR the car or the people or anything. You and I talked about with those jackets that you were hard to find. Of like with the, all the patches and everything that's the only that's the that's what i figure would be the same an equivalent of what you could say would get more people into racing if they sell more of those jackets or whatnot because i think it completely stopped i don't know why but you know you used to see them in in old hip-hop videos in the like late 90s or early aughts and stuff like that but that's just me yeah another person from nascar i'd like to see is joey logano because he's also really talented, but he's so just so tall and goofy. I wonder how he would fit into that realm. Because when you're a Formula One driver, it's just completely different than being a NASCAR driver. Like, it's just a different, like, socioeconomic fan base you're kind of trying to pull yourself towards. And he is just so goofy. He, I mean, yeah, he's a cajillionaire too. But he's just such a goofy personality. It would Amongst, be like, the, the yeah, how he would be. Yeah. What is it like the the Danish royal family or whatever that one race was? Uh, it's, they're they're it's the ones they're presenting much. the awards. Yeah, they're presenting the the awards and stuff. <laughs> and be like, oh, frick! I don't know what to do. You, are, are you ain't the queen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I wish it would be there would be more of a crossover between the disciplines of racing, but it's just impossible to do with your contracts and your manufacturer contracts and your team's not willing to give you up to race anything because God forbid you get an injury. Yeah. You're going to see a Mario. Yeah. You're not going to see a a modern day Mario Andretti. Like you're closest to seeing that is Kyle Larson. Now, honestly, he's like Thanos. And the only, the only stone he's missing right now is the formula one stone. And as soon as he gets that, it's lights out and away we go. Or, or as we saw last year, you know, in the pandemic, probably the only closest level playing field might be like a uh, a video game tournament where you could have like a team, you know, the, the different racing organizations bring up either their young guys or whatever. And it's like you, you just do like a tournament to see who's the best and you pick the different formats. So uh, I guess, not that there would be an advantage of like only doing one particular race, but you know, just mixing it up that kind of, you know, in that kind of way. And, yeah. and people would be interested, you know, cause you know, you could develop, I mean, there might be already rivalries, maybe not, or you could develop those rivalries. And then later on when somebody does cross over into another, one of the, uh, you know, the other series, like uh, you have something a little bit more to root for when you're going up against, you know, one of these guys. 
Yeah, they they tried that. I just wish they would have pushed it more marketing wise because it was so entertaining to watch. Like Lando one time did the IndyCar race for the Indy 500 and the amount of shit talking that IndyCar drivers do to each other is remarkable. Like That's they legit can't stand each other. Like there are legit rivalries in IndyCar of like these gr- these little click groups can't stand the other click. And they will just shit talk you till tomorrow. And Lando was driving like an asshole and Simon Pagino just called him out on it. And people were just getting heated over the radio and they had to disable the driver chat that it was getting so heated. And it's like, this would be perfect viewing as long as you don't say anything racist or offensive. You get to assemble your own racing team. First question is, is it Formula One or is it truck racing? Is it? What, what what's what, what's my what, budget that's my first question what is my budget because this highly influences what racing team i get with. uh you got to choose well we'll go we'll go by um discipline you got to choose a well formulate yeah, your oh, that was a tr- i was team. trying to i was just trying to be funny but out of all the racing series i would like to start a team in IndyCar. that would Indeed. be the one i pick mm-hmm. there's just too much bureaucracy when it comes to formula one so much dirty money in formula one i don't like it and it's like what i it's just so hard to put a foot in the door over there when you're not already in your loving group of whatever like andretti tried to buy a team and he just couldn't do it he's still in the mix of trying to do it but it's just so impossible to try and do it and their their schedule sounds exhausting Mm -hmm. their lives sound exhausting yeah they all live in monaco because you don't pay taxes there but you don't get to spend that much time there. You're off at whatever country. Which you're there racer? for five days out of like a working week. And when you're not there, you're at wherever your racing team is doing testing or whatever. It just sounds unbelievably exhausting. I would never want to do that. Which life. race are you poaching from the team, from their own team for your, for your. What I, who I would team. steal from IndyCar. Or it doesn't have to be IndyCar. You can even poach them from. Formula One or NASCAR? Yeah, say, okay, so... I, I figured you, you were going to say Kyle Larson, but... I, that's well, of course point. I'm stealing Kyle Larson. Like, that's a given. I would never let anybody put their hands on him. Like, he is mine forever and always because he's going to be... <laughs> he is... He is what I would equate him to be, and I and I hope he gets the chance to run IndyCar, and I really hope Roger Penske follows through with it. He could be the next Mario Andretti, and I'm not saying that to be, like, over-exaggerating because I love Kyle Larson, but he has the talent to do so. And he's still only in his late twenties. Um, he, I just don't understand how he can go to all these different disciplines of racing and just beat the shit out of everybody. It's just incredible. He is so talented and he has legitimately changed for the better. Like, it's not just like, Oh, I got canceled. So I'm going to sulk and not do anything about it. Like he legit owned up to his mistake. He has learned from it. He is heavily involved in the urban youth racing school in Philadelphia. Like he has completely changed who he is as a person for the better. And I'm proud of him. And he is the perfect spokesperson for NASCAR. And I'm glad that he's around and that he's the champion. So I would pick him and I would move him to IndyCar because he would be amazing and say, I'm Penske and I only have three drivers now because they got rid of their fourth one. So I need two more. I would pick Alexander Rossi. He has a very dry personality. He takes everything very seriously but that is my t- my style of humor. I think he would be great. He won in the Indy 500 as a rookie on a fuel mileage race. So he has the talent. He has just had the worst luck 
Like someone legit has a voodoo doll of Alex Rossi and is sticking pins in it every single race weekend because he just cannot, for the sake of anything, perform well. Like he had maybe one podium this past season and that was it. And he is a championship caliber driver. So I have faith in him. I would pick him for my second driver and my third one would be Grosjean. He pulls the international fan base along. He is very likable. He survived it a crazy crash. His hands are all burnt away. And yet he crushed his first season in IndyCar, but he couldn't really compete for rookie of the year because he wasn't running the ovals, whereas Scott McLaughlin was. So he was pretty much given to be winning the rookie of the year. So I would pick him. Um, and he's just such a lovable guy too. And he has the talent and I'm excited to see what he does for an entire season. I, my outside looking in would be Jimmy Johnson because I love Jimmy Johnson and he's my favorite driver ever, but he is garbage at IndyCar and I hate to admit it, but I I'm a realist. I'm a realist in that. I'm sorry, Jimmy. It, it is past your time. You need to stop. Why are you doing this? Stop racing IndyCar. Stop racing IMSA. Go back to your house in Colorado. Go have fun with your two little girls. Stop racing. You don't need to. You've won seven championships. Just stop. No, what would be the numbers that you would give your racers? I mean, you only have, I mean, you picked four. So what would be the numbers? So I would take, I would take the Penske method of, of math. So one would be two, one would be 12 and one would be 22. It's very simple. And the two looks very good on a race car. That's why I pick. I think two is the prettiest number on the race car. You can do so much with it. And for your Mount Rushmore, one from every, one from each discipline. So one okay. from Formula One, one from NASCAR, one from Indy, and then we could say the other one could be in um, a variable. Okay, like my flex position. Um, you could go midget racing, you can go truck racing, yeah. you can go from so, the okay. So for IndyCar, I'm going... Who? Man. There's only one answer for IndyCar. I, think. I know. AJ Foyt. So he's he's my Indy car. Over four, Mario four. Andretti. Yeah. He's if if I okay, I'll put him in my flex position because he legit is a flex driver. He can drive whatever discipline. So that Mario Andretti can be my flex person. All right. For so Indy car, it's so AJ Foyt. So that's two. So Mario Andretti for my flex. AJ Foyt for my Indy car. <clears throat> Lewis Hamilton for my Formula One. Because it's like the MJ LeBron discussion. It's two different eras of racing when it comes to Schumacher and Lewis. And I feel like what Lewis is doing in today's racing is a little more difficult than Schumacher back then. I'm sorry, Schumacher. I hope you get well. Probably not based on the documentary, but thoughts and prayers to the Schumacher family. But my NASCAR driver, oh man. And this is all time. This is probably picking. Dale. I get the feel you're going to go with Dale. I, wa- I didn't like Dale. I wasn't a Dale Earnhardt fan. I was a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan. I did not like Dale Earnhardt. I was a Jeff Gordon fan. And I would tend to lean to him, but I'm going to go with Jimmy Johnson. The I think why- Richard Petty's overrated. And that's my hot take for racing. I think Richard Petty's overrated. Mm-hmm. And those 200 wins should not all count because the drivers back then were not very good. But hey, a win's a win. It's just a different style of racing back then. And kudos to him for winning all those races. But at the same time, he was cheating a lot. And it's not the same. So you're equating Richard Petty 
with the Celtics yes, and their seven, the their championships. Yes, when they are. Only, like, Richard Petty is the boss of Celtics. Teams in the league. Perfect. Yes. There you go. It's just a whole different era. I appreciate what Richard Petty did. And I, I appreciate what the Boston Celtics have done for the NBA. But you got to get out of here with this. I'm so great. Talk. I'm sorry. Well, then, like... I'll tell you the reason why I thought you and Neil, not senior <laughs> over junior, is because of the whole mythology that comes around with Dale Earnhardt Sr. It's like it's there's the person and then there's the mythology. Sometimes the mythology is bigger than the person themselves. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Dale Hart's death mattered more than Dale Hart living for the sport of NASCAR, for the betterment of NASCAR. And it's just really sad to say that, yeah, they had like three different deaths in the months leading up to Dale's death, like one of them being, you know, Richard Petty's grandson with the same exact injury, the same exact kind of hit. Um, but yeah, like the safety improvements that came out because an icon like Dale Earnhardt could get killed in your biggest race in the final turn where his son finishes second and his driver for his team finishes first. Like you, you can't make something like that up and just the safe, the safer barriers that were installed. There has not been a NASCAR death since Dale Earnhardt because of the safety improvements that resulted in his death. Every like Ryan Newman would have been dead. He should have been mm-hmm. dead whenever he mm-hmm. crashed in 2020. Yeah. But because of the safety improvements as a result of Dale Hart's death, Ryan Newman is still living and he was able to walk away for the most part after that, that crash. Was, yeah, that was, I believe, one of like the first kind of like live sporting events that happened back in 2020. And I remember watching it and I walked away before. And then when I came back and you know, they're showing, you hear the change in the voice and then you see the replay and then they show what's going on and every how everything is stopped. And you do have the moment of like, oh my gosh, please be okay. Even knowing how much has been invested in their protection and the technology that goes into it. And then a couple of days later, when we get the photo of him, walking out of the hospital with his holding his daughter's hand that was so incredibly powerful and I just remember I was like like so many people got to experience this just because it kind of happened to be the only thing that was on but just how like powerful it is that we got to see him be okay and to you know come back and to continue um you know in, in the series and stuff like that um, but I, I do remember that and just being shocked that like, oh, shoot, maybe we shouldn't have sports for a while. Like we kind of rushed it or something, you know, like feeling guilty and worried, like so many conflicting emotions. Yeah. like And also uh, like, why did I leave at that moment? I could have seen it in real time. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so you know, I, that part. I was so focused on the battle for the lead. I saw because. Nuba was in the lead. He got turned by Blaney and he hit the wall. Mm -hmm. So I was still watching Blaney and Hamlin to the line. My husband saw Corey LaJoy hit him. I missed that hit that the one that the car actually hit him um, and knocked him unconscious. I missed that. I'm like, well, why is, why is everybody talking about Ryan Newman? Like he just got turned. Like, it's fine. Like as a NASCAR fan, you just became numb when you saw a bad Mm -hmm. hit like that, just like assuming, Oh, the driver's okay. Like we have these great safety improvements. They're going to be fine. They always walk away. Like Austin Dillon, crashed in the same kind of catch fence and his car torn a million pieces and he flipped on his lid and he walked away so when they're like 
Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy are standing there like you see tears in Jeff Gordon's eyes. You're like, oh, shit. So then I immediately run up and turn on Sirius XM, turn on the NASCAR channel, see what they're saying. And they're all like panicking as I mean, try, calmly panicking, rushing to the hospital, trying to get a word to see if he's OK. You're just like, holy shit. Did Brian Newman really just die? There's yes, no because way. Because there was, there was also that that conflicting information about his condition. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where it almost did seem like he had passed. So, so they were kind of like fed the wrong information. And maybe less than an hour later, there was a kind of a report of him being stable, but maybe still not being awake or, you know, whatever. Yeah. There, I think there was a short moment where we were all under the impression that he was no longer with us. And, you know, luckily all of that got cleared up right away. And like we said, he, it was all very much uh, minor what he went through, but it was for that day, it was incredibly impactful. And then to have all those people kind of harken back to, to Dale's accident and, you know, what that meant and everything was so crazy because you know people try to draw like the connections of mm-hmm. you know the, the you know symbolisms and things and that's where I was kind of like don't do it that's too creepy yeah even right now like makes my skin crawl like, oh. you know Ali I have a question then if you want to bring on that so a serious note how safe do you feel as a NASCAR fan about being in the stands during these races because there are, have been instances where an accident happens and this flying debris that reaches even the stands. So I've never really had an issue with with it. I've never really even thought twice about it. I, I've just always assumed just, but hey, somebody else has thought about the safety of this. All the catch fences are great and all the gates are closed and safer barriers are working just as fine. Um, the only time I've ever really had an incident was when I was still nursing and I went and I took Landry to an Xfinity Kansas race in 2018 and I had to pump and I was pumping in the stands. So we were down below cause kids seats are free from like rows one to 20. So I wasn't paying for that. So we got, we got him in free and I was pumping and a car crashed right in front of us. And all the rubber debris from that came up all into us and it like, fell into my breast pump and it was all over me and I just reeked a rubber and I just like looked over I'm like you've got to be kidding me I did all this effort to pump and now I got to dump it out because it smells like damn rubber but that's it like you got hit with rubber and I was just like oh that's kind of cool but But, do you uh, think NASCAR is doing enough in terms of safety for patrons and whatnot or there's a lot more they still got a long ways to go I think they've done a lot especially when it comes to the flaps on the car trying to keep them on the ground yeah you'll have your like rare it's incident like with joey logano this past year where he flipped on his lid and landed on bubba wallace at talladega and then they installed a specific bar in his car to like protect his head and all that but like i i think nascar has hit it out of the park when it comes to keeping the cars as best as they can on the ground and away from the fans um just the technology we have nowadays you i don't think you'll i mean never say never god hope not but not ever see a car land in the stands i think the last time that's really ever happened was with tony renna's testing death at indianapolis 
I can't remember the year of it. I think it was in the nineties, but he was testing an Indy car, like hit the grass or something and had this awful wreck died immediately. But like his car landed in the stands, blew up into a million pieces. His body landed in the stands, blew up into a million pieces. And that's where spectators would have been if that were had to happen during the Indy 500. That probably would have shut down open wheel racing in America forever. If that were to happen during that point in time of, of an actual race, but thankfully it was just a closed testing that like, there's not even camera footage of, of the accident. Thank God. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, I feel pretty confident in that not happening. Um, I think the only time you've ever really seen an issue is with a marshal, like a marshal getting hit. Um, I do think they, they, as an open wheel series, uh, mainly formerly one need to do probably a better job of protecting their marshals. Um, They've, they try their best when it comes to if there's an issue on the track and a marshal needs to run out there to go get a piece of debris or whatever that they let drivers know. But I feel like that process could be a little bit better of communicating that, hey, there is a person on the track or, hey, this person don't go on the track unless it's a legit, legit emergency and you are clear to get on the track. Um, and then just having better like cages for them if they're in a specific turn that say a car hits this, they're not going to die because that has happened before that happened during an IndyCar race in Canada that um, happened at some kind of sports car race. I can't remember which one it was somewhere in Europe recently and over the past three or four months that a marshal got killed, but it was just wrong place, wrong time. The car happened to crash and land right on that marshal. So I feel like in that instance, like they could do a better job about that but when it comes to fans in the stands I think I think we're pretty safe no I was just mesmerized by I think Allie might be the only person to ever be hit by NASCAR debris because you know liquid gold man like that is so hard to do and like when you're pumping and you're not necessarily getting the most you can out of pumping. Like every little bit counts. And I just was like, so defeated. Mm-hmm. Awful. You guys are. You should have, like, I'm like wondering, like, you could have filed a claim for loss of damage. <laughs> I should have sued for damages. What is the street value of four ounces <laughs> of breast milk? Oh man, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> gotta angle it better. I gotta embrace my inner stew gods and think of any type of possible money gain I could get out of any incident that happens. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta figure, I wonder if there's like a statute of limitations on that. It's like because you said 2018, so yeah, I have PTSD from years. it. That's what it's only three years. Yeah. <laughs> will be what is it uh those commercials with those attorneys asking were you breast pumping at a nascar event where you <laughs> did debris fall all over you call xxx lawyer you may be entitled to compensation oh man when, when selena and barnes changed their jingle that wrecked my world no because they split right. that's why because they yeah split. but and then one of them died that's one of them died banner, banger you oh. heard how one of them died anyway like months after they split one of them i think barnes died or was it selena i know one of them did barnes like yeah selena i'm like i'm like what was the, I mean, if you not that you could predict where you're gonna die, but the, after so, uh, Barnes died, I'm like, you know, it would have been better if they stayed together. Yeah, and on the, <laughs> Jeanette, power. 
<laughs> Jeanette, do you have anything to plug other than your southern accent, which you did not perform for us today? Oh, well. Save that for next time. Tease it. Oh, good. <laughs> well, actually, um, if you are a listener of Yes, Maybe No Pod, you might hear me attempting a southern accent while asking for life advice. Um, so please be kind uh, and or, or not be cruel with your with your um, appraisals of my performance. Um, I would just ask you, what would Jesus do if he heard you speaking in a southern accent? And maybe that's what you should do as well. Concerned this month is about the holidays. Yeah, we <laughs> should be very, very kind to Jeanette. It's the reason for the season. I'll tell you yeah, what. Southern okay. accents. <laughs> Uh, um, Ali, do you have anything to plug before we go? Anybody do ice eye racing out there? Find me, Ali Dawson. You can find me crashing in multiple Mazda MX-5 races or in street stock races because I'm being too poor to buy the Ferrari series. Well, one let day, me, let me tell you something. I decided I'm actually going to do it, and I'm going to go get the Fanatic one. I I like the fact that you can change the wheels, so I want to own every wheel I can. So not only do you have your die stock, uh, um, die hard, no, not die hard. What is it? The die, die cast. cast. Yeah, the die the cast. Die cars. Die hard. Die hard. Yeah, I'm telling you, but die hard batteries. The movie. Anyway, the batteries. The, the ones that Sears used to sell. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Sears to do rest in peace. <laughs> anyways you fun said, fact you know, i was in the die hard commercial for the indy 500 two years ago for saying drivers start your engines oh wow that's awesome fun so, fact shout out to die hard batteries i am going to buy i saw the mclaren wheels Alliance on the McLaren wheels. I saw the F1 wheel. I saw, I'm like, <laughs> you're telling me I could just take it off and put, and I can, oh my, I'm like, I, I got, just gonna... wait until you realize you can custom paint your cars. That's what my focus is on right now because it's in week 13, which oh. means they're like resetting, doing all their updates. There aren't really official races going on. So I'm going to try to learn how to paint a Dan Levitard show car. Let me tell you something. The Ooh. reason why I'm getting I'm getting that wheel that the I showed you it's a new Gran Turismo wheel that they made for Fnatic that you can use on your Xbox, your PlayStation Five, and your PC. And the fact that it, it's great for all it's going to be available for all three systems. I'm like yes. So eventually, Ali, I will be taking you on in uh in um i racing in some future. Just have to get a PC to be able to do that. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just I'm, warning you. I'm it is forward. super addicting. It's super addicting. And you thought you had free time. You don't have free time anymore because now you're waiting every hour on the hour to jump in on a MX-5 race at Laguna Seca. Uh, that's fucking not that I, fucking corkscrew, man. That's not where I want to go. <laughs> I want to be able to complete one lap uh, at Monaco. I told my brother, my brother goes, well, why do you want to buy a racing wheel? Racing wheel, you know, it's just, you know, whatever. I said, Kevin, take a controller and complete one lap without crashing and be competitive in, in Monaco. If you could do that, I will honestly give up my dreams on buying it. He still hasn't done it yet. He still hasn't done it yet. So, yeah. Because he's finding a wedding, leave him alone. Yes. Well, Jeanette, you got to understand, you know, do you not know what Monaco looks like? It's the hardest racetrack I have ever seen in my life. 
Monic hose over hose, am I right? <laughs> Hell yeah. This guy gets it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, on the behalf of Jose in New York, Jeanette in L.A., and Allie in North Carolina, but I think she might be in Nashville, which I heard her saying. Which... I'm in Tennessee, but soon I'll be in Tampa, so rest in peace to me having tornadoes. seasons and yeah not having tornadoes but getting having hurricanes having hurricanes and probably getting covid Tom Brady. <laughs> thank you for listening we greatly <laughs> <Hey, appreciate> yo <laughs> oh boy Woo.